everybody. Welcome back to Dustin's Vinyl. Very exciting uh, to see you guys again. Uh, this is a new crowd and a new network, and we're very excited to be on Twitch TV on Comedy, Comedy Hub. Comedy Hub uh, has picked up our show, and we're excited to be a part of the family. And uh, it's very cool. A lot of you put your video game uh, down and uh, learn about some music, a little thing called Vinyl Records. And a lot of you guys are uh, all about the high tech stuff. This is a show where we feature vinyl records um, because I feel vinyl is the best uh, medium to listen to music. Uh, has a beautiful sound to it, and it's also just a great thing to collect. I know a lot of you collect comic books and you know different things, and you know records are really cool um, to just kind of seek out different bands that that you like as your childhood or new bands or whatnot. I spent a lot of time in record stores and all over the world and, uh, nothing better than sifting through a few records and finding good stuff. I know now you got to like sanitize and then look again and that kind of thing, but it's still worth doing it. So wear your mask and get to a record store. Um, we like to, uh, top off the show at the beginning. We like to do a random pool, which is, uh, just something we kind of pull randomly and, uh, no, nobody really knows what I'm pulling. And then, uh, we talk a little bit about it and that's how we start the show. Here on Dustin's Vinyl, and I got a cool co-host coming in, and it's a lot of fun. Look at this. It is Christmas time. <laughs> December is uh, going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of Christmas albums, and I'm a dork when it comes to Christmas. I know I'm a rock and roll guy, but uh, through and through, I'm a dork, and I love Christmas. And even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you probably appreciate a good Christmas song. And this is one of my favorite dudes of all time, the mountain man, the, the hippie of hippies, the coolest dude ever. Well, uh, Mr. John Denver, um, he had a few uh, Christmas albums. This is one of the, the best that he ever did because featuring the one and only the Muppets. And uh, I think last week we talked about um, uh, uh, Rush and Neil Peart, who's the greatest drummer of all time. And I think the second drummer would probably be Animal from the Muppet show. <laughs> so this is, uh, I love the Muppets and I'm a dork for the Muppets. And this is a great Christmas album. And it's kind of reminds me of my childhood. The Muppet Show was kind of how I learned about comedy and timing. And it had all these big comedy stars on it and stuff. Everybody from like, you know, just Don Rickles to, you know, Sylvester Stallone. And it was a lot of fun just kind of with the Muppets. And so they, they made a few albums. And this is one that they collaborated with, with Mr. John Denver. And uh, it's got a lot of great hits on it. Uh, it's, you know, it's got uh, 20 Days of Christmas, uh, Silent Night, Holy Night. And, you know, and it still has a great John Denver sound to it, even though it's Muppets and children kind of centric or whatnot. Um, it's still still John Denver, who's, who's a great musician and uh, had a lot of great hits and a lot of stuff. Did a lot for music in general, actually. Like him and Dee Snyder were the two people that kind of teamed up against censorship against Tipper Gore and all that problems we had in the eighties over parental guidance and all that stuff. And so he's, he's actually a, a gym, Mr. John Denver. He passed away several years ago in a, a glider plane accident, unfortunately, but uh, he made some great music and this is a really cool album. It's one of those weird albums. Nobody's going to get, nobody's going to hate on you if you pull out a John Denver Muppet album. So uh, if you want to get the party going, this is definitely uh, a Christmas party. This is definitely the, uh, the album to pull out. So, um, get you some John Denver. Uh, I'll do the, uh, I like to do the open, you know, we've got the Christmas cards and the, he's got him playing the piano and all kinds of stuff. And it's just cool, man. It's just, you can't go wrong, man. It's like the Muppets and, uh, you know, great folk singer, Mr. John Denver. So, uh, so yeah, so that's our, uh, it's our, uh, pool of the day, the random pool. So make sure you get some John Denver in your life and the Muppets. You can't go wrong with uh, Kermit singing, man. Kermit's got a great voice, very underrated singer. <laughs> And so I'm going to bring in your co-host of the show uh, for Dustin's Vinyl, one of my good friends in uh, the comedy world. Give it up for Jeffrey Paul, my co-host. Can we get him in there? There he is. All right. You know, it happens. Technology is, is a hell of a thing. What's up, buddy? How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> you know, it was good. It was I'm um, in the country. So it was, uh, you know, and it's funny because my in-laws... Man, they go hard into Christmas. So as soon as Thanksgiving's over, it's all Christmas music. It's all Christmas movies. And so that's kind of why I pulled this today, because we've just been listening to Christmas music nonstop since uh, Thanksgiving. But it was nice. Everybody's healthy. How was yours? You good? Everybody you're healthy? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good, man. We, we, yeah. we kept it... Uh... We kept it, I think, at exactly 10 people. We were in Brooklyn. Yeah. My sister-in-law made a great turkey. Everything was great. Um, I love 
John Denver, man. I think he is one of the most underrated. He has um, Colorado Mount Rocky Mountain High. That's yes. right. That's I that song to me never got old. Take me home, country roads never got old. Thank God I'm a country boy. That's a yeah, one. you know all that. You know, sunshine of my soldiers, uh, Annie song, all those songs. I mean, you're right. Such an underrated performer. And when you get uh, you team up with the Muppets. <laughs> I love the Muppets. Do you like the Muppets? You seem like you're yeah. against fun. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be a cop, so you like hate fun. Come on, man, it's the Muppets. How can you not like the Muppets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're okay. They're okay. Come on, man. You've never, you've never heard uh, Kermit's, uh, you know, Rainbow Song. Come on, man. Oh, but the Rainbow he's, Connection. He's on a, he's on a bicycle and he's singing yeah. from his, his Paul little, his little wrote frog heart. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, no, uh, I'm not saying it. Yeah. Well, what did you like as a kid? What is, what is, what were like your, you know, Muppets, if you will? Howdy Doody. You're not that old. What was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me today. Uh, no, not how do you? I mean, it's, my little kid things was I was always a huge Bugs Bunny fan. Okay, Bugs uh, Bunny doesn't have a Christmas album, so he he doesn't no, even he doesn't. compare. He doesn't um, even come close. Well, you, you asked me what I liked as a kid. I mean, are we talking about Christmas? Yeah, things? we're talking about Christmas. I, we're talking about collaborations. We're talking about Christmas music. Do you have, uh, you know, do you have an album? Do you like Christmas at all? Are you I, great? Yeah, no, What's I do. In on? fact, I would like to, in a couple of weeks, maybe just do a Christmas episode and, and pull out a Christmas album. I like uh, I like the Phil Spector so right Christmas album. Yeah, that's okay? a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Probably one of my favorite all time. My favorite all time Christmas song is from Home Alone Two. I love the Darling Love song. She's one of my favorite singers good. of all time, also. But you know, no one should be alone on Christmas. I think that's a phenomenal song. But, but yeah, seriously, yeah. seriously, animals drumming is phenomenal, dude. It's good. They do a great, great version of a Christmas Carol. <laughs> that band is hilarious. You ever seen them? Like they look like a blues band from the seventies. They're fantastic. Like the whole band is yeah, great. They, they uh, they played the second day on Woodstock 24. Did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Very, and you love that word underrated, and they are definitely an underrated music band, the Muppets. But this is a fun album. And I don't, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't take it too serious. Like I try to have fun with things. And I think the Muppets and John Denver is a fun album. And, uh, you know, it's You're a fun for guy. kids, it's for fun people. You know, maybe not for everybody, but uh, definitely you like at least you like John Denver because I was I'd fight you over that. He's a he's a legend that one. I don't think he's underrated. No. I think he did well for himself. You know, I, I I like I said, love the guy. Absolutely love John Denver. I think this is a weird segue though. Like we're talking all all <laughs> nice and 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 family oriented, the Muppets and how rated That's the G. show. And it then, should and, be weird. And, yeah, it's good. this is going to get weird because of the yeah. album that we're doing today. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I pulled this one. I wanted a contrast. Oh, you couldn't <laughs> have pulled more of a contrast. Right. <laughs> so what do we got today, Jeff? So today, man, I mean, such a, oh, I loved listening to this all week. Um, we, it's the 50th anniversary of Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath, their debut album. Okay. Um, this album came out in February of 1970, 50 years ago. Yeah, keep the album cover up. That's let's start with the album cover. Let's just talk about one word is creepy. Yeah, that is pretty a creepy. Creepy album cover. You know, a uh, cover of a, a figure dressed in black, uh, uh, standing in front of a watermill. Um, and of course, Dustin, the album has to be released on Friday the 13th. Perfect. Great yeah, marketing. I think it was accidental, but they did good. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, a couple of things about this album. Um, one, did you know that it was recorded in one day and took 12 hours to record? Basically, yeah, on a small four track uh, recording Um they really did no overdubs. The only overdubs on this album were in NIB and uh, The Sleeping Village. Um, this is an album that almost never got made. And Sabbath was almost a band that never happened. Um, did you, do you know the story about Tony Iommi and his fingers? I do. Yeah, he was at an accident and at the factory and kind of cut his finger and had to make his own prosthetic little finger out of leather and like kind of created his own sound because of it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. He was working in a steel mill and got the, the top part of his 
two middle fingers uh, cut off. So, right, he, he used a prosthetic. But the other thing that he did to help make that sound was when he, you know, it, it was hard for him to squeeze down on the, on the uh, strings. So what he would do was he used a thicker string. He wound up restringing his guitar with bass strings, okay. which gives it that dark, haunting sound um yeah it gives it a heavy sound and you know sabbath sometimes gets the the um the moniker of being the father of heavy metal and i would say yeah maybe but i also think that kind of up there is being the the, the godfather of grunge as well well you know, they didn't like that title uh heavy metal they call themselves heavy rock like he, they you know ozzy like fought against that you know phrasing of the band but uh you know it's funny it was great listening to this album and i hadn't heard it all the way through in a while and uh you know it's like if you close your eyes and you let's say you pull ozzy out it's like a delta blues band you know, it's like if you pull out the, you know, the kind of the goth element to it and Ozzy's voice is not, you know, it's then it's just straight. It feels like straight blues. Like it has such a nice kind of raspy blues sound to it, you know, and there's definitely some heavy rock elements that start to happen in within the music itself. But the beginnings of a lot of songs are just really kind of you could throw a harmonica in here at some point. That's how bluesy it feels to me. On the Wizard is a harmonica. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's funny that, you know, the two words you used. Delta Blues and Goth, because the album opens up as the most goth song you've ever heard and ends with one of the most the bluesiest track on the album and just a straight up blues song. Um, so let's get into the tracks. Let, let's, let's start with also one other thing about this album. Um, you, you, today, it seems to take so long to produce albums. Right. So they record the album in one day and then they mix the album in one day. That's phenomenal. Okay. It took Chinese democracy like seven years. <laughs> Probably longer than that. Yeah. It's like this album they did in 12 years. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Like, but that's the thing. When you find a sound that works, you don't need to do all that overproducing. Like it just, it worked. They found it and it was just there. Iomi said he just wanted to play their live set and that was good enough. And that's how they recorded it. They played their live set. Before you break down, let's bring in Adam. Adam is um, our producer and sidekick of the show. Adam, how do you feel about this album? Have you are you familiar with the Sabbath much? Are you a fan? What's going on? Talk to us. We like a younger perspective on this. Right. <laughs> this was actually the first time I heard this one uh, okay. when I was listening to it the uh, past couple of days, and uh, you know, uh, just like Rush twenty one twelve, it was um, you know it was kind of a, a musical odyssey. In a way, nice. I mean, I know, I know, uh, I know the album Paranoid, and you know, on that you have a lot more, you have more of the hits. It's more radio friendly. This one is, uh, you know, just front to back. It's you have to listen to the album as a whole. Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely a great experience. Yeah. All right, yeah, Jeff, what do you got, baby? Well, let's start with with the uh, first track. You know, the, the album is Black Sabbath. The name of the band is Black Sabbath. So the first track on the album is Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. It's, scre it's creepy. It's scary. Um, and the song is inspired by uh, bassist uh, Giza Butler. Um, he was really into the occult. And one night he wakes up, you know, in his bed. Now he had decorated his whole house like uh, with like, he painted the whole house black. Uh, he was really into Alistair Crowley. Um, so he one night he's sleeping, he wakes up and he sees this figure in black just looking at him when he, when he uh, when in, in bed. So the next day he goes and tells the band this story. And Ozzy is taking notes and he pens the lyrics to the song. So the opening lyrics is really uh, Giza's experience. You know, the opening lyrics are, uh, what, what, what is this that stands before me, figure in black, which points at me. Which proves drugs were way better in the 60s. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, listen, he, I don't know what he was on, but man, can you imagine how, how scary that must have been? I mean, yeah. this, this song is a scary song. It's slow. You know, it's building. Can you picture both of you guys? Can you picture anyone else but Ozzy singing this song? Well, I can hmm. see, you know, people doing covers, you know, Nine Inch Nails or Mar Marilyn Manson. I can see people of that, you know. 
But when he Calibre. screams like, oh, God, help me. I mean, it is like you could feel it, man. It is a yeah. really scary, scary song. Um, the only thing that they did in post-production in this song was they added the uh, the rain at the beginning and the the bells, you know, the, the, the bell, which also makes it sound like you, you it puts you in a different headspace. Well, that's the cool. thing. It's like I noticed, too, with a lot of these bands in the 60s and, you know, a little bit in the 70s. It's like everybody experimented with, you know, the sound effects. You know, it was a lot of rain that was happening, you know, thunder and different. You know, it was, it, it's interesting, you know, like, you know, I feel like Dark Side of the Moon kind of has all that stuff, you know, all these like different sounds and stuff. And they were all kind of experimenting with that, you know, and I feel the Beatles did a little bit of it as well. But I feel like that's, you know, it was a different, you know, kind of platform people were just like kind of experimenting with different sounds and different things so you know queen was doing that stuff you know just kind of just trying to find something different in the in the record itself and not just the regular produced stuff you know what i mean trying to kind of pull you in like you said like a like a story and kind of thing you know well that's why i think this is this this yeah. is a story and then when you look at the tempo of the song it's like a slow march and Tony Iommi sustaining those chords, like, dang, you know, yeah. it, 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 you, and then that bell coming in and the rain sound effect. When you're listening to it in headphones, it really transports you into maybe what Giza was uh, feeling at the time. So I, it's so, so dark. And it's considered, I think, the first goth song ever recorded. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really great. Uh, have you seen uh, Sabbath live? Did you get to see him? Did I see that? Yeah. Yes, I've seen them live on, on just about every incarnation they've ever had. Okay, I've seen them with Ozzy. I've seen them with Dio. I've seen him with Gillen. I've seen him with um, Tony Martin. Yeah, I've seen him with everybody. I saw the um, the probably the seventh farewell tour. <laughs> it's always like we got a farewell tour, and then it's like there's like twenty more after that. Um, it's such a good marketing play. I feel bands just use that to get everybody out to the shows, but um, this felt like it was going to be the last one, and it was uh, the one when Iron Maiden was opening. And, Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah, it was at the PNC Art Center. I was. Uh, That's I was an insane yeah. show. Yeah. Did you, did you miss that? One? My that two was my favorite uh, bands. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was, um, you know, and I'd never seen Maiden live and I'd never seen Sabbath. And so it was, it was quite a show, man. It was phenomenal. And they had, the, it was, I think it was, it might've been an Oz fest, but Sabbath was headlining kind of thing. It was like, the, I think it that's what like it was. an Oz fest. Yeah, it was an Oz thing, fest, yeah. like Rob Zombie was on the early show, the early stage or whatever. But uh, it was great, man. It was definitely, um, but you know, it, it was interesting because I mean, talk about a band you don't want to follow. That's Iron Maiden. I mean, this, you know, talk about a band you just don't want to be like, hey, you're next. You know, like I've, I I follow comics, you know, like Louis Black or Dave Chappelle. And it's like, I'd much rather follow them than Iron Maiden. You know, they got Eddie out there on his stilts. (laughs) He's like, Bruce is the most amazing voice you've ever heard in your life. Like it's phenomenal. It was like, and then, but, you know, and it was, but it was interesting how the, how the momentum changed when, you know, when, Sabbath got on stage. It was late. They were, you know, the, the you know, it gotten dark, and it was just like there was just something about them. And they always had the crosses. Yeah, and it was like the the stage show was great, and there was just like you know, kind of this respect that just kind of came over the crowd, and this kind of the OGs of this kind of music, and yeah, and it and then it was like you forgot about Maiden like that. Not that they aren't amazing, but it was like it took about you know three chords, and you were like, okay, we're we're actually watching Sabbath and this is fucking awesome. Like, so, so I think so, it just, it switched so quick. Yeah. I think that's what they open with. Yeah. Yeah. That was, a, think about that too. Yeah. It's like the, the sirens going off and you know, Sabbath yeah. is coming on and, and that's how, oh, that's so good. Um, so let's, let's continue with this album and let's get to the second song. And you mentioned harmonicas. This song you know, opens with harmonicas. Uh, the song is also written by Giza Butler, who was really into Lord of the Rings. And the song is called The Wizard. And basically, it's inspired by uh, Gandalf. Um, Ozzy starts by playing a harmonica, and then it gets into a really heavy riff. And, you know, it's a, it's a good song. It's a song that got onto their greatest hit album, um, We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. You know, and it, it was a song that was always included in their sets. Yeah, it's similar to Rush, you know, in the sense of kind of, you know, that kind of mystical thing and kind of going into, you know, the Lord of the Rings or whatever. You know, I feel like with that last album that we were talking about, 2112, where it has that kind of nerdy literature feel to it, you know, and it's like, you know, you almost want to sum this up as just some death metal devil band. But I think it's, you know, it's a lot deeper than that, you know. 
Yeah, uh, they're they're they're, they're a band where you have four individual talents. Ozzy is an amazing storyteller as a singer. I'm going to make a weird comparison here. He's kind of, when he tells a story, he reminds me of kind of like Sinatra, the way he would tell a story, the way he would sing. Ozzy's telling a story, but his stories are always darker and weirder. And you got to uh, hear him like three times to understand them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and subtitles are, are, are usually helpful. But, but, this is young, but this is young Ozzy, so <laughs> you're, you're, you're still able to hear him um he's still, then, little, he's still a little you still feel that aussie voice though he's still not as you know it's it has a distinctive thing that i think you have to get used to it even the I, young aussie i kind of like when you hear aussie here it reminds me of like when we were listening to rocky horror and we heard mm. how high that meatloaf was singing compared yeah. to like later on like in the bad out of hell albums you know when you hear ozzy on this album then when you hear him down the road on an album like technical ecstasy it's a completely different Ozzy. And then when you hear him now, it's a completely different guy. Like, like kind of like Mick Jagger too. 60s Mick Jagger. Yeah. Uh, today, Mick Jagger. But you still love them because of who they are. Um, but each member of the band sticks out on different songs. And on the third song, the member of the band that sticks out is the drummer. Because um, uh, this is like the Bill Ward uh, song. This is called, the song is called Behind the Walls of Sleep. And... Um, I think when you talk to Sabbath fans, they'll tell you um, this is really where they learn to embrace uh, Bill Ward because it starts with a drum solo. It closes with a drum solo. And Ozzy's voice in the song is very, very menacing. And then I always playing, but the way it's recorded and mixed is his guitar is more in the background. You know, it's kind of like like a bed, if you will. And the highlight of of the song is Ward's drumming and Ozzy's vocals. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a it's a perfect album, you know, and I think it's like talk about, you know, there's a few bands that really crushed the first album. And I think this Sabbath album is is one of those albums, you know, very few bands kind of come out of the gate. We talked about this a little bit before. You know, I feel like I was listening to the Led Zeppelin album. I felt like kind of out of the gate, they crushed it. But this is definitely crushed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's great stuff, man. And then it just generates, you know, and the thing is, it's like I was saying, you know, it's like the OGs, like it's, it's just spawned so many types of bands from just this one band, you know, and it's just like, you know, heavy metal in general and all these different kind of like the goth scene and nine inch nails and all that stuff we're talking about before, you know, you have to have people taking these chances, you know, and it's like they were, you know, taking these chances and doing this weird shit when nobody was doing it. You know, it was like, people were well, deep, sick. you know, Deep Purple, I yeah, think, was, came out with their album that year. But uh, yeah, well, the, the, well, there's a lot of occult on this album. Yeah. And the, the fourth song is definitely about the occult, NIB, which is, uh, first of all, if Behind the Wall of Sleep is the Bill Ward song, then NIB is, again, the Giza Butler song. Um, yeah. Again, good. Bass solo to start, one of the great bass solos to start a song. He wrote the lyrics. And when he's, this song, he's right. If Black Sabbath is about what happened to him, you know, in whether it be a dream or being under the influence, you know, he's writing this song from the point of view of Lucifer. And when you hear the song, it's really the tale of the devil falling in love and kind of like changing. Adam, let me ask Adam quick. Adam, uh, do you yep. believe in the occult? Do you think that? How do you feel about the devil? The devil scares the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Texas. Probably just say the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I feel like you know in Texas. Um, I don't know. If, I think I shared this story, but we had to burn our Kiss albums and stuff in a church parking lot, and you know people just you know it was like any Aussie. I remember Aussie was just you know it was almost banned from my town. Anything that had to do with Black Sabbath or Aussie or any of that stuff. You know, it's just like it was like, uh, you know, when I was coming up, it was all about that, you know, devil music and everybody's like, play, you know, play the songs. Have you ever done that? We play the song backwards, play the record backwards and all that stuff. No, no. You never did that. I never did. <laughs> you never played the white album backwards. <laughs> no, I never 
I never synced up uh, Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz. I never did any of that he, shit. If he, oh, that's no, great. I, <laughs> he knows. He does the good you. drugs. He knows. <laughs> I told you what. I told you what I did. We, me and my friends, we right. got higher than we wrestled to the side yeah, one in twenty one twelve. You got high and wrestled. That doesn't sound as fun. I think I'd rather watch Wizard of Oz. How funny is it that Wizard of Oz is? Le- Never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys believe in the devil. I I do. I believe I'm like, um, it's a weird thing. I believe in evil. How about that? And I believe like, what, what is that? What is that? What's like evil? Voodoo. What I, voodoo scares the shit out of me. Like, have you ever been down to like New Orleans, Louisiana, yeah. like in just yeah. different, if you've been experienced around some of these people that kind of get into that stuff, it's like voodoo scares the shit mm. out of me, man. I don't, you know, no, some no, old I mean, lady with like one eye putting a spell on you. Like I'm telling they're creepy. you, man. They're, they're creepy and a little scary, but yeah. I mean, but going back to, I mean, is it, you, is there a devil? Is there a guy well, dressed like? You believe that you believe he saw the black thing? I mean, it's like people. I, yeah, you know. I do believe that. I do believe he saw. What's the something. difference between that and like somebody you know doing a voodoo spell on you? Like it's the same. It's the same. You I'm know, just asking if you. you know, I mean, with, with the devil, I mean, what 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 do you think the devil is? What do you think he looks like? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, he's Does in he the White House right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> He's orange. He's got. <laughs> I, I thought you meant the guy moving in. Sorry. <laughs> no, he's he's the savior. He's the saint. Um, I don't know. I think the devil. I don't think it's a person. I think it's a it's a feeling, and I think bad people, you know, create this feeling. And I think uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's a vibe you believe that you can in hell? send out. I believe in the idea of what hell can be. I, f- I believe hell is here. You know, I think it's like uh, we all have our personal hell. I don't believe there's a you know, I believe fire and brimstone <laughs> and all that shit. I don't believe there's a guy with a with a tail and a pitchfork. But I believe that, that's in what a, I was getting. At, I believe right. in a, a devil energy. I believe in an evil energy. Like this, I won't fuck with a Ouija board. You know, I, I, I never have. I have either. no, I, I have no interest in fucking with a Ouija board. Like, I, what about you, Adam? You ever done that? You ever play with a Ouija uh, board? Yeah. I, no, no interest. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is the devil, oh, in movies, like The Exorcist still scares the bejesus out of me. Like, that's that movie a, still holds up. Best, best horror movie, you know, a scary movie out and there. It's, yeah. Because, and it's the devil. The devil is the main. <laughs> it's no Freddy Krueger. It's no Jason. Right. It's no Texas it Chainsaw. Real. Yeah. It's it's this spirit that, that feels like it could happen. And you feel like, you know, and I, I don't know, I've watched some of that stuff, possessions and documentaries, and I don't know, some of the footage looks kind of real. You know, I believe, oh, it is real. Yeah. People get it, possessed. It absolutely is real. Yeah. I spoke to a priest who he knew one of the priests where that movie was based on. Okay. And he, he 100% confirmed, you know, a lot of that stuff that's portrayed in the movie was real. Yeah, it's terrifying. And even when you know it's pea soup, you're still terrified. Like even when you know all this stuff and she turns her head and things. So yeah, I think that's and that's what's cool about, you know, you know, it's it's like it's like it's almost like a horror film. Like it's you know, that's that's what this this album is. It scared us and then at the same time it's really good music attached to it. But it's almost like they took all the elements of all that stuff that was happening because like Hitchcock and all that creepy Twilight Zone we were talking last week about uh, rush like in the twilight zone stuff so i think there was an, a time where all that was kind of coming up and like scary movies were coming out and stuff and so i don't know it taps into all those things and fear is kind of one of those things that we get off on you know well definitely in the lead track and this track now a fun fact about uh nib you know a lot of people mistakenly think nib stands for nativity in black that's okay. not that's not true at all uh geezer writes the song and he doesn't know what to name it and they used to make fun of Bill Ward and his beard, and they used to call it NIB. So he just said, fuck it, let's just call the, the, the thing uh, NIB. Um, you know, and, and that was how the, the song uh, got its title. But it doesn't mean Nativity in Black. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, it's, yeah, but I definitely believe in this this evil thing, and I think that's what kind of helps this whole cause. Because kids want to kids rebel, too, against their parents. And I think during this time, too, there's a lot of Christianity that was happening. And that's the thing, when there's, a, you know, there's a, in Texas with me, I mean, I wasn't in the 60s, but it was definitely in the 70s and 80s. And it's like whenever there's this oppression of religion on top of you, you need to, something to balance it out. And that's what good, you know, occult mm. rock and roll will do for you. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a place to rebel, you know, to go against the parents. And that's, you know, there's a great album so for that. Now we move, 
Yeah, it's a sh- now this is a short album too. It's only seven songs mm-hmm. and comes in at under 40 minutes. And so side two is only three uh, songs. Um, and the first song was actually on side two is the, is the uh, was the first single. And the first time people ever heard Sabbath on the radio was this song, Evil Woman. And it's not the ELO song. Okay. It's a cover <laughs> of a, <laughs> a great song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cover from a, a, a band here in the state from the 60s called Crow. And Crow was uh, like a country rock uh, band. And Sabbath didn't want to do this, but they the label kind of like forced them to like do this song. And, you know, because it's cover, it'll be catchy. Uh, we could play it on the radio. And so this was the first uh, single released. Um, it's it's not that bad. It has a really 60s chorus. But when you listen to the album, I mean, if you're going to say once of these songs don't fit, I would say this is the song that doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, I was going to go somewhere else, actually. Um, hope you don't mind. Um, who do you think has a better voice, Ronnie James Dio or Ozzy for this, for this band? Like, what do you, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like Roth and Hagar. They're two different bands with the two. With two well, different that wasn't easy for me, but you know, uh, man, that's hard for me. I but... think Dio has the better voice. I think Dio, Ronnie James Dio has the better kind of gothic, you know, primal scream rock and roll voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, see, Dio. It, I like Dio's solo sc- stuff a lot, like Rainbow in the oh, Dark and all that stuff. But D- Dio, as a pure singer, is a, is, a, is, a, is a better singer than Ozzy. But Dio. You know, pow, I mean, like the thing with Dio is he could sing the phone book and it still sound great. Um, How long the, the, was he with the band? How long was two was albums? He, two albums. He, okay. Heaven, Heaven and Hell and the, um, the second album. Uh, oh, God, uh, with Children of the Sea on it. Um, uh, the, the problem with Dio with the band was he was too into and and this is why a lot of sabbath fans rejected him uh because it was too much into like dungeons and dragons and fantasy and 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 you know coming down and castles storming you know and when you had ozzy it was darkness and the occult and paranoia these guys are all nerds they really are like we (laughs) rush last week they're nerds like you know it's like these guys are nerds like with lord of the rings references yeah we try to make them like these badass rock stars and they are but they're really nerds deep down inside you know i think that's that's where the dragons and that's so funny but uh, i think dio looks like the devil um, I think he definitely, <laughs> he looked more like a devilish creature. Like he had a kind of a devil face. <laughs> yeah, he was a I, I saw this thing with Brooklyn. Dio. He was a doo-wop singer. Like he did doo-wop in the fifties. Like, you know, kind of like, did doo-wop. you send me that? Yeah. I, I think, I, think I might've that. sent you that. Yeah. He did like doo-wop stuff in the fifties. Like it, it's, it's like this totally weird thing to see with a crew cut and everything. But uh, I don't know. I think it's, you know, it's, it's also kind of cinematic, too, when the bands get back together. I think it's good that bands, you know, take a break, try a new singer, and then somebody comes back. And I think, you know, Sabbath, did they release, what was their, did they release a new album, like, when they came back together at all? I don't know. I don't know that much about them. Uh, they did, yes, they did. Um, in fact, they had an album that came out just a couple of years ago uh, with uh, God is Dead, which was a great song. Okay. Um, yeah, that was re- that was really good. Um, you know that after Dio, uh, the singer was Ian Gillen, the singer from Deep Purple. Oh, okay, that makes yeah, sense. And that was uh, called Alive. You know, e- 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 uh, Evil Alive, something like that. It, it's, it's the purple album with the with the, with the uh, satanic uh, head on it. But let's finish up um, side two here because the second the second to last song is called Sleeping Village, and. and this is a combination, I think, of where you really hear how great the rhythm section is in Sabbath. You know, uh, Ward and Geezer, and it's only like a three minute and 40, 46 uh, seconds song. A lot of these songs are really short. But in a three minute and 46 second song, there are three different turns that the song takes. Like at the beginning, it's really beautiful. And as as he's singing his heart out. And then at the one minute and 39 second mark, it changes and gets faster tempo. And, get, and, and, and the song then at the two minute and five minute mark turns into a jam band type of uh, uh, thing. And that's how it closes it out uh, until the very end of, of the song, you know, for about another minute or so, closes it out and then goes back to that beautiful the way it started. 
Okay. And then the last song is my favorite song on the album is warning. Everyone thinks it's called the warning. It's just called warning. And this is, this song comes in at over 10 minutes. It's uh, a lot of people don't realize that it's also uh, an obscure remake of an Ainsley Dunsbar's uh, solo project song. Ainsley Dunsbar, you may know from being uh, one of the, the original drummers, I think was the original drummer in Journey. Um, but he also played in White Snake. He played with Jeff Beck, you know, just a legendary drummer. Um, and when you said, Dustin, that you heard blues, this song is as bluesy as it gets. I mean, when I'm hearing him play, I'm thinking Alvin Lee. I'm hearing the guitar lead in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hearing the guitar lead. Uh, I'm going home. I'd like to change the world. That screaming great guitar. Th this is, it's 10 minutes, but it, I swear to God, man, it does not feel like a 10 minute song. This song yeah. just flies by. And, like, and then and that how it ends the album. You're like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You would love to hear more. What a, this was a great way to end this album. Um, Great, great song. And the song Warning is about, have you ever met the wrong woman and you know that she's the wrong woman, but you still fuck up? And the, the, and the line that really sells that is when he goes, you know, he goes, I, I, I was, you know, I, it was wrong when I met you, but my feelings were just a little bit too strong. Yeah, redheaded stripper, yep. uh, my last ex, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought she was the one, and then uh, she probably got me in a fist fight about every other bar we went to. Oh, have you, have you had a woman that. like that where you're just like, oh, you're, you're yeah. just smoking a cigarette, you're hanging out, next thing you know, you're in a fight with three guys. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> She's like, get him, he's a fighter, he'll fight you. And I'm like drunk, like, having to fight three guys. She called one the N-word, it was a whole thing. But uh, yeah, oh, she good. was definitely the wrong one. And they were in, but you know, when, when it's, you know, there's those you girls, you keep coming back one. to the wrong woman. We've all been there. You well, have any crazy exes, about. Adam? You have any crazy exes? Hmm. I got to no. think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Are they watching the Somebody, show? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have like a hundred of them. <laughs> Who is he, Adam? Hey, <laughs> don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. Don't, don't be bullied by Jeff. Right. <laughs> next, next week it's Erasure. That's the band we're going to cover. Um, I, love I love Erasure, by the way. You would. You, would. Well, you would. That would be your band. Pick, pick um, it out. I love Erasure. Circus. I've seen out. them as probably as much as I've seen Sabbath. Well, oh, that's hilarious. Um, I saw I saw Erasure in Texas, <laughs> and it was so funny because it was like what what would happen in Texas is a lot of times like people would you know like bands like the cure they'd like bands like erasure or dead or alive and stuff and then um i don't know if do you have that picture of me when i um that i sent you um i was gonna tell you it was uh, yeah let me uh let me pull yeah, it up. Pull that up can you pull that up let's see <laughs> <laughs> But, there was, but I, I we saw erasure and it was so funny because oh you have to do the phone you can't do the thing yeah okay all right well, that's me with an eye patch i went through an eye patch oh, phase. Are you yeah are you fucking kidding who, who, who are you the guy Pete, i was Pete adamant in, uh, i was adamant that was the big that was a huge influence it was adamant you look, and, like, you look like the lead singer in dead or alive yeah, that was okay. it that's that's what i just said i was trying to get to that conversation it's you so, said adamant I, I, it's all well you didn't see the outfit the outfit's adamant i got the ruffles you know the whole thing but the eye patch is definitely pull it up pull it. can we you can, make that bigger uh we'll we'll get it next time but that's that we don't have the technology oh my God, what yet. The we don't have the technology it was the 80s it was the 80s. Is that, how you, is that how you dressed? Yeah, it was the 80s. It was fun. We had a good time. <laughs> okay. You know how many I, chicks I, I got? I got the hottest chicks in school. None? Chicks, chicks loved it. They wanted because I, I didn't play football. You probably played football. I didn't play football. So you had to be the rock star. And that was, you know, it's like we, I was in a band. I, yeah. I, I played guitars. I, with what, a rhythm guitar. In the 80s? Uh, that's like I, 11th grade or something. Okay. Here, here's me in the 80s. Dustin, you All ready? right. What do you got? What do you got? Can you pull yours up? We really got to work on this technology. <laughs> Which that's, one are you? Are you the one in the middle? Yeah, that's the drummer of Twisted Sister, the nice. guitar player in Twisted Sister. Nice. And that's me in the record store. Oh, that's your record store, right? Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm what was about, the name of your record store? 19, 20, first time records. First time records. Awesome. See, that's yeah. not so bad. You got the now, nice, look you got the, the mullet kicking. I mean, you know, you're not as costumey as me. The, por <laughs> the porno stash. 
Adam, you got any pictures? <laughs> <laughs> you got any embarrassing pictures you want to show us? Oh, I got um, plenty. Just not, not around here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the erasure I thing. showed Adam this picture. Did you? Okay. Let me tell the erasure story and then I'll leave you alone. Uh, all right. So, okay. so I, I got to show you something. We all go, we all go to this erasure show and like, and there's all these Texans and they don't know what the band looks like because you know, they weren't a big MTV band. And so they were kind of more of a radio band. And so, you know, everybody shows up and then the guy comes out in a tutu and like a lot of these Texans were not ready for that. And so, <laughs> so it's just, you Was know, it the singing it. Huh? But he comes out in the big swan. I, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I think so. It's, he had a tutu. Say, I'm just saying a lot of Texas boys. As it gets. Yeah, well, you know, and we love gay people here on the show. I mean, uh, <laughs> Jeff's a little homophobic, but the rest of us, we embrace <laughs> who you are. Dude, I went to go see Erasure. I went to go see Pet Shop Boys. I'm not homophobic. Pet Shop Boys, I that's like pretty that gay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, seen the Pet Shop Boys multiple times. Oh, we know you have. We know you have. Um, but yeah, So, but it was the 80s. I dressed like that. I didn't care. It was like Dead or Alive. And Dead or Alive, too, was like, you know, he got a little... You were you know, wearing an eye patch. I wore an eye patch to a Dead or Alive concert. How about that? That's why I don't care about the T-shirt rule that you have, that you can't wear the band's shirt to the band's concert, because I wore an eye patch to a show where a guy wore an eye patch. So I don't care. There's no rules in my world. You can think less of me. I don't care. It was the 80s. I rocked uh, it out, man. I, well, listen, <laughs> my mom you, used to put I, an eyeliner on one eye, because I had the patch on the other. Like, it was, it was the 80s. We were weird. That's how, that's how we had fun. You know, I wasn't doing drugs oh, yet. Adam, I like that's how his, that's his excuse. <laughs> right. his days, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's not the excuse. Yeah, that's we're, that's we're, the excuse for everything. I did that. a lot of cocaine. It was the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wore a condom. It was the eighties. Like that's, that's, what, that's the all yeah, the excuses. Yeah. That's all the excuses. <laughs> the eighties, that's the best part about that era. <laughs> that you can blame everything on it. <laughs> that's right. It was the eighties. We had a good time. With shoulder <laughs> pads. Remember those? Yeah, of course, your mullet. All right, I'm gonna. Sh I'm gonna show you the most '80s picture. You ready for it? Now, gotta this work is, on the this next week. A, we're gonna be able to pull these up, so they're not like on. Yeah, you this know, is, this is the line. <laughs> this is the line. People were online, you know, to get the the, the 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 band's autograph. Look at the guy in the shorts and look what he's got in his hand. Is that you? No, not <laughs> me. <laughs> what does he have? I can't see. Well, it. Look at this guy. He he. He's a guy who was online uh, waiting to get an autograph. Oh, and look for, at his shorts. For Twisted Sister? Yes. Oh, okay. And he's just wearing short shorts? That, that, was, again, that was that's the, the guy 80s. in the red. Well, that's yeah, also Staten short. Island. You guys were a little weird, too. Staten Island was this kind of a, a different. Staten Island in the 80s? Got, I mean, that's that's a whole nother. You got the boom box? That's a whole nother. You see, you got the boom box? Yeah. That's the 80s. Okay. Like, like I said, I don't care. I'm not judging that guy. And his purple <laughs> bikini underwear. I mean, that's what you look what D Snyder was wearing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he didn't give a shit. Look at that stuff he was wearing. He was like shredding up dresses and it was fun. You know, that was the thing. They were kind of like the, they were kind of like the, the thrash kiss is what I, I like to call them. Kind of like kiss, you know, kind of got stuck in that. another, uh, kind of another level of, of weirdness. But I think Twisted sister was a very good band. I think they could have, I think they would have gone down another route if um, the '80s hadn't happened. Like it was, all, it's weird. I blame the '80s for for sometimes certain bands that were very talented but took kind of an MTV cheese lane instead of you know because I don't know. Like uh, they opened for Motorhead and stuff, and like they could have gone down that road. Like their first album, "You Can't Stop Rock and Roll," is a great kind of rock album. I feel "Stay Hungry" is their money album, but I feel it was you know it was a little cheesy mantra we're not going to take it and i love all that stuff but it's still i don't know i think it kind of like took a turn i think they were too talented you know and kind of got caught up in that money and stuff that's what i think you know the mtv fans and kids and stuff i agree a lot of people think that uh stay hungry is their first album it's not you're right yeah. it's, it's can't stop rock and roll and i they they were also they played staten island every tuesday night at this place called the rock palace and i was in high school and i remember i would sneak out of my house like i would tell my parents i was going to like a, a play rehearsal or i was going to do something and my friend would pick us up in his grand torino my friend dean Grant Davis pick us up in his nice. grand, grand torino this big brown grand <laughs> torino we have seven guys we would we, pile in and we'd go see twisted sister on a tuesday night and i would have my uh outside have my twisted sister shirt 
I wore a Twisted Sister shirt at the Twisted Sister concert. I know. See? I broke I broke See? my own rule. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody listening to the show tonight, but if there is, would, here's the question. Is it okay to wear the band's t-shirt to the band's concert? Is that a rule that you should you should never do it or are there exceptions? Exceptions. Let me know if there's anybody out there that. that All right, let's see what people say. Can you wear the T-shirt to the band's concert? Is this is that a no or is like who gives a shit? Let's rock and roll. Let's see. Mac Dave says I'd say yes if you bought it there. Oh, so he's the guy that takes off his shirt and puts yeah, on. No, that's the no, badass. No, I love that guy. The, that's the yeah, no, he's <laughs> that's Matt, dude. I'm glad that's, you're watching, but he's I love wrong. this guy. I don't know. It's, let's let's stay with this guy. Yeah, that's I love that. Like I've done that where you get there, you take off your stupid shirt, you take off, and then you put it in your back of your pocket, you know, your back pocket, and there then you put on the thing. Yeah, that's a true fan right there. Can you ask him what this, at what show he's but, done that at? Is, it, uh, is there is there Let's a see, uh, Jay dies a lot says yes. Um, which band so far? Until we got, did he take his shirt Justin, off? There was this, <laughs> there was this guy. We have a picture of him with his shirt off. I'll, we'll put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> we like a racer on this show. We'll, we'll look at a dude with no shirt on. All right. What happened? <laughs> no, so there was this guy, Eric Pacta, who used to come with us to concerts. Like when we would go to concerts, maybe like seven, eight of us would go. Yeah. And this guy, Eric Pacta with red hair came with us. And he'd be the only guy that would buy, like he always had to get his shirt and he then he would take his shirt off immediately and put on the shirt of the band he was going to. And we yeah. always used to make fun of him about it. You know, but I always think about Eric Pachter was that guy. That's funny. You know what's going to be that guy? Become a doctor. You know what I did one time? I was in junior high and this is uh, an eye patch. I did. No, this is junior high. I hadn't graduated to the eye patch. And uh, I was supposed to go to the, um, I really wanted to go to the Dio concert. And everybody was just like, Dio's coming, you got to go to the concert, whatever. And I remember it was something like, you know, I told everybody I was going. And it was, I used to lie a lot when I was a junior high. And I was like, I was going to the concert. And, I, you know, I couldn't get tickets because my parents wouldn't let me go, whatever. So there was a kid going. And I told him, I said, dude, here's some money. I go, can you get me um, the t shirt? Can you give me the t shirt? And so. <laughs> So this kid comes to the, yeah, he comes to class or whatever. I go in the bathroom and I put on the t-shirt and then the whole day I acted like I was at the concert. It was the wing. <laughs> <thing ever. laughs> it was a great show, the man. Say, yeah. It had a rainbow and the rainbow in the dark and the smoke. And I just made up shit like a, like a sociopath. <laughs> so, you know, that, it could be worse. That's, that's the worst version is the guy that does that. And I was that guy. So anyway. Yeah, but you're a little kid. You get a pass. Yeah. You try to impress little kid. Me. Yeah, this is 15. We'll give you, we'll give you a, a driver's permit. There was no excuse. That's <laughs> 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 the way of the world. Isn't there any more? Any more? Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, we got a few more. It's uh, where what you want. Um, so wear what you want. Uh, just don't wear the band shirt they have a beef uh, beef with. Ah, interesting. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, hmm. Do we know of bands that have beefs? I know comedians that have beefs. I remember. Um, in the 80s, there's a concert where it's Sam Kinison and him and Dice Clay hated each other. And then there's a there's an actual um, concert show where uh, Kinison's on stage and a guy comes up and he's wearing a Dice shirt and he makes him take it off. He makes him take off the Dice shirt in the middle of the concert. It's, it's the greatest <laughs> The guy just like rips it and like takes it off and he's like sitting there with his tits out and it's like hilarious. Because Kinison hey, just hates it. There's a lot of band beefs. Yeah. Give me one. What do you got? Who's uh, Nirvana, uh, Nirvana Guns N' Roses. Right. Nirvana Guns N' Roses. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's right. A, that's yeah. That's because yeah. Just you know yeah. Axel is when some of those lyrics too. I think that's the thing is like you know it's like the the music was evolving, and grunge was kind of about accepting everybody, and you know metal kind of had a narrow kind of lane of you know the sexuality and stuff like that. So I think him and Axel kind of, <laughs> there's, there's actually audio at the VMA awards or something where they kind of get into it. And like Courtney love is like yelling at Axel. It's a great find. If you can hear it. Anything else, Adam? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, so Mac Dave says he wore the shirt to a, uh, Allison chains concert, but it was it an so Allison chain. Yeah. Shirt? Allison chains shirt. Yep. No, yeah. no, no. Yes. You wear the shirt. Boo you, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't agree with these people. See, you know, but it's like like our other producer Jay was saying. It's like it's like a team. It's like team colors. You wear, you know, you go to the you go to the Eagles game. You wear an Eagles jersey. You go to you go to Allison Chains concert. You do some heroin. All right, guys. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, this is our first show. Um, and one quick little: Do we have any albums coming out, Adam? What do you have? Anything? This yeah, week? I'll, I'll try to uh, run through them quick. Okay, uh, we got. Uh, reissue Run DMC Raising Hell we ah. talked about a couple episodes ago we did there you go uh, The White Stripes Greatest Hits it's a uh, uh. double LP the uh, first ever anthology 20 songs should be pretty good uh, Motley Crue The End live in Los Angeles double LP plus DVD oh, that's great their uh, supposed last show ever but you know they're touring again, so <laughs> they're another band. They're back they're another band. They've had fourteen farewell shows. Yeah, uh, we got uh, we got Aerosmith, Rocks Donington, twenty fourteen. That's from the uh, Download Festival, oh, and nice. it's a uh, greatest hit set, so it should be pretty good. Uh, Arctic Monkeys, Royal Albert Hall, which is um, they were touring Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Great concept album. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Stevie Nicks live in concert, twenty four karat Stevie. gold tour. Love Stevie. Uh, yeah, double LP. Jeff, Jeff doesn't like her. I like her. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> greatest hits uh, for Survivor. Best of double LP. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it like Eye of the Tiger six times? <laughs> <laughs> is it like is it like six That's different a- <laughs> versions of Eye of the Tiger? Because I pretty much... Yeah, or the search is over. It's another good one too. That's a good one. <laughs> Yo, one time I... I, I know the, 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 the most gangster thing I've ever saw in my life was... Um, Manny Pacquiao, he was fighting. It was one of the big fights before he kind of uh, got a little, when he started fighting too much. It was kind of one of the big, I think it was just Vasquez or one of those guys. I forget <laughs> what it was, but it was one of those fights. And he was coming out. And as he was coming out, like he was, you know, the, to the ring where they play music, he actually had the guy, the lead singer of Survivor, singing Eye of I the remember. Tiger yes. as he was walking to the ring, like the actual guy, not just playing it on the speakers. <laughs> He's actually, the guy was walking in front of him going, Eye of the Tiger. And he was like leading him into the ring. I thought it was the most gangster thing I've ever seen in my life. But Wait, Dustin, uh, did you yeah. see Rocky the musical? Did you say you saw that? I did. It was uh, it was yeah. pretty bad, but it was fun yeah. to watch. It was, but that guy singing "Eye of the Tiger" that was pretty gay too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we support your decisions. Uh, don't let uh, <laughs> Jeff <laughs> Staten Island our show, okay? Because we love people, and music is all about accepting everybody. <laughs> if you want to wear an eye patch, and if you want to wear the concert shirt to the show, you be you. That's what we hear on Dustin's vinyl. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of the show. We're very excited to be a part of the Twitch family. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Adam. Uh, thank you, Jay, and the and the producing studio. And uh, so get you this album. This is a great album. Get you, if you're not familiar with Black Sabbath, it's okay. There's a lot of music out there. We always miss stuff. But it's never too late to get some good music in your life. And this is the first Black Sabbath album. It is 50 years old. And it, it sounds like it was done yesterday. It's a great album. Check it out, everybody. Keep rocking. Dustin's Vinyl. Thank you. Woo. Congratulations, guys. We did it. Twitch premiere. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 